Welcome back, listeners, to this week's episode of If I Only Knew. Today, we're going to be putting a bit of a social and psychological lens onto a really contemporary issue that's popped up recently in the media, and that is the conservatorship of Britney Spears, the famous singer from America, and her experiences over the last decade or two. Now, this might seem like a bit of a strange topic for a podcast such as ours, but there is a great lens to look at a lot of issues in society around liberty and power dynamics and freedom and hopefully we can also offer some thoughts about times at which this kind of thing might be necessary and the places where it isn't so Fred this was recommended to you by someone that you spoke to in the business is that right yeah g'day troops Fred here good to hear you back yes a shout out to our very own Dr Emma who is one of the best psychologists that I know clinical psychologists that said she'd love to hear our take on it because there's an angle to this from a mental health perspective before we get into the Brittany um, discussion I want to say to people there are aspects of this that are very triggering and for people that have been consumers in mental health systems this is a topic that may be a little bit contentious so we recommend that if you do get triggered by this or elevated feel free to reach out in whatever way you can we always recommend our friends at life line 13 11 14 it is a safe place to discuss these issues but they do talk about things like court intervention and human liberty and we know for some people that's not been a pleasant experience so protect yourselves if it's not the sort of stuff that you want to hear it's not our normal light-hearted stuff dial out now jump into one of our other episodes and we'll catch you next week but for those that want to hear Mm. today we're going to talk about the idea of how is it that if people say that you don't have your sanity, that you prove it when you believe you do. And it's a really contentious issue, Matt. It's huge, it's huge. As always, we've had some great research by our head of research, Nicola Binks, who sent us some great stuff on this. But I just wanna start, Matt, have you ever heard of the experiment where several university students had themselves committed to mental institutions as a, a test of what a consumer's journey would look like? I have heard of that one, Fred. Do you want to go through the study, though? Well, in broad terms, the punchline of the study was college students had themselves admitted to mental health facilities as a way of experiencing the consumer journey. And then they had a real problem in that they found it very difficult to demonstrate that this was an experiment, that they were psychologically competent and then get discharged. Mm, Yeah. So the parallel to Britney Spears is once somebody labels your behavior a certain way, how do you prove sanity when there's no such thing as normal behavior or normative behavior? So, Matt, I want to start to begin with. You're a bit younger than me. Britney Spears, I think, funnily enough, falls in between our two generations a little bit. A little bit, a little bit. I think she came along when I was an early adult. And I think you're catching the fringe of this issue in terms of the more politics rather than the songs. Yes. Uh, What's your take on the situation? What do you know about it? What do you think the important bits are? One of the things I was thinking when I first started doing a bit of digging into this topic is that it feels like this conservatorship is something like a crab trap or a fish trap where once you get inside it, it's almost it's built so that you can't get out of it, right? Because as you say, Fred, there's no such thing as a criteria for the normal. It's far easier to have a criteria for what's not normal than to have a criteria for what is. So that is a really interesting idea. For me, Britney Spears is still very much an icon, like a celebrity icon, like very recognizable name. A song such as Toxic is very much a big part of my musical repertoire when I'm with my friends, all that kind of thing. But certainly not the same caliber of modern pop star that I'm sure she was for maybe people born about 10 years younger. 
than I am. So my main exposure to this issue has been with the modern kind of resurgence of people saying, well, this conservatorship is still going on, which I had no real sense of either. It's been a long time and I can fully understand why people would start to wonder whether it truly should persist for this long. Do you have any thoughts on the sheer length of it? So first and foremost, as a mental health professional, I've got to say I know nothing about Britney Spears. And we're only taking what we are talking about from the same sources as Joe Public, which is the media. Yeah. I want to talk about the antecedents to her condition, though. Mm. So the conservatorship and the, the contention with the conservatorship is at some point, for some reason, she was deemed not competent. That can happen in Australia as well from a mental health perspective. The difference in Australia is that there are specialist commissions, and some will argue that they do a good job, others would say they don't, that are made up of people who understand these issues. Uh, Mental health tribunals, mental health commissions, consumer advocacy. In Australia, our mental health hold is legislated, and typically it's 48 hours to 72 hours, depending on capacity is deemed by a psychiatrist and it's not an easy thing to hold somebody without their consent it's very difficult Mm, yeah but if we look at the antecedents of britney's current situation we're talking about a child star a a disney kid Mm, right so imagine that we've got mum and dad as i imagine it and it's been publicized stage parents that want their kids because there's more than one to perform Britney becomes a child star, goes through that Disney factory, is quite successful. Another alum of that is Justin Timberlake. Mm. Then in her adolescence, early adulthood, starts a solo career. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Now, as I understand it, when Britney sings in her early career, her singing voice was not disputed, but her producers pushed her into a position to sing in a certain way. They almost took the maturity out of her voice and and made her develop this sort of breathless baby sort of. um, And if you listen to songs like Oops, I Did It Again, you can hear it in that more than others. And they really played into this idea of her being this, and sorry for these words, I'm I'm working from a source called Breathe Heavy. It's a website about pop culture and, and a guy that's made a study of this stuff. She was a young adult, but he speaks a lot about them using Britney to sexualize adolescence in a way. Right. So they played into this idea of, and I'm going to use the word fetish, it's not reported, but there was almost a fetish aspect to Britney's early career where she was doing that playing into being quite sexualized, although she was the good girl, the squeaky clean Disney girl. Outside of the music, it developed a real interest in her And this poor woman sat in interviews where she was asked about her sexual habits, her virginity. I mean, it was really disturbing stuff. In the age of Me Too, if people spoke now in interviews the way they spoke to Britney Spears at the start of her career, they would be cancelled straight away. I think I missed a lot of that in Britney's earlier life. That's really interesting insight, yeah. So this hypersexualized sex kitten, but, you know, Oops, I Did It Again is actually filmed in a high school. Right. Right. And it's not the artist that she wanted to be. It Mm. was the artist that they told her was the most marketable. She continues on with this where she becomes such a hot property that she's hounded by the press. Yes, that's the bit that I start to be aware of where there was this real furor around Britney Spears. 
and relationships end with Justin Timberlake. She goes into other relationships. She is creating these songs that are just broadcast all over the world. She then has a child and it's suspected that there's a postpartum depression issue. Right. And you start to see this machine that feeds off her start to really close ranks and put pressure on her and surprisingly or not, she cracks. And you've seen her speaking in in accent, shaving her head. Mm. There's questions about drug and alcohol use. All of this pressure, all of this stardom, and all of this, I suspect, inauthenticity in who she became leads her to have her sanity challenged. And nearly two decades later, she's still under the control of other people to the extent where her decisions about her body aren't her own. So her birth control is not a decision she gets to make. Medication's not a decision she gets to make. But ironically, juxtaposed to that is the fact that They've got to doing a Vegas show and recording music. Yeah, yeah. So on the one hand, they're treating this woman like a racehorse that they're making run around a track until she's exhausted. And on the other hand, they're saying, but she's not competent enough to make her own decisions. And that's where I think the outrage from the community comes up mm-hmm. because she's had her liberty stolen for whatever reason or curtailed, but at the same time, they're juicing her like an orange at every chance they get. And it's this Britney machine. And I see why the public has an issue with the idea of if she can do one, why not the other? And then you throw in other complexities in their system where she was given a public defender and wasn't given her own lawyer. Yeah. Uh, In the most recent trials, I don't know if you've heard the audio, the audio doesn't speak to somebody that's in a good place of her own testimony. But with that said, the testimony also speaks to somebody that's been run ragged from a work schedule and a career they don't want to do. So I can't tell you if I believe Brittany is sane or drug-free or competent. That's not my job. But I think it's a really, not to use song titles, but it's a really toxic environment that she's in, in that how could she ever prove that she was okay while so many people profit off her current situation? Mm -hmm. In fact, one of her lawyers referred to the conservatorship as a hybrid business model. I'm imagining, like, finding myself in that position where I have no control over how I spend my time or limited control over how I spend my time and then trying to imagine how I would try and improve myself out of that. Because when things aren't going well for me, I have a handful of tools available to me because I have my liberty and I can enact strategies to help improve my well-being. It feels like that kind of freedom is very much not in Britney Spears' hands. Isn't it ironic, though, that it's in the land of the free and the home of the brave with civil rights and all the rest of it, that the legal system can basically create what, looks to the outside world as a hostage situation. Let me tell you about how it's different in Australia, and I'm not an expert on this, but there are certainly people in similar circumstances in Australia, and there are certainly people that have made critiques out of our guardianship laws for these reasons. But in, in terms of most people that may find themselves on an involuntary hold, it is very temporary. Right. It is quite fleeting. And your capacity to appeal is supported by consumer advocates, independent people that are there to say, even if you are compromised because of a mental health issue, that does not mean you should have your liberty or your choices curtailed. 
Mm. We weren't always like this. You can go back to the 70s and see how draconian mental health issues were. Of course, yeah. Okay. I'll give you a tidbit from a very long time ago, Matt. It was a, it was a law of the land here and in the UK. Do you know why most uh, mental health facilities that were state-owned are close to waterways? No, I don't. Because it was an offence under law to transport a lunatic on the King's Roads. Oh, my Lord. Right? That's not that long ago. Right. So they used to put them on barges and boats, right, to get them to hospital. So our take on people with mental health in our society is a very new thing. I think we're in a renaissance right now where we understand that mental health is common and very prevalent and something that we can address and talk about rather than words like crazy and lunatic and incompetent and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. In Australia, if you put on an involuntary hold, you have a right to appeal. In Australia, you may have all of your liberties, but you may be supported in other ways. So, yeah. for example, people might have, might live independently, control most of their destiny, but because of some deficits, be under the, the support of a financial guardianship plan mm -hmm. to make sure that their bills get paid. People hate those things, mm -hmm. but I understand and recognise, like most people, that from time to time, people need help. I do think we're more egalitarian now. I don't believe the Britney Spears thing could happen in Australia right? because our system is not designed to allow somebody, you know, uh, basically a prison sentence without yeah. a parole yeah. date. Yeah, because that's where I started was just how long and intense this seems to be. There seems to be no lessening of it, no middle ground. It really seems to surprise me given that in her time of crisis, from my limited understanding, it sounds as if Britney needed help. But to have the same restrictions apply to someone in a time of crisis compared to them 10 years later yep. seems very illogical and quite hard to justify in my mind. So some degree of lessening or changing or whatever should be at least considered, surely. It's more the issue of, that. look, there are known unknowns. So we mm. don't know if Brittany has a continuous substance yes. issue. There's suggestions about the medication she's on and what sort of diagnosis that leads to. And there are diagnoses out there where people may have struggles understanding their reality. Mm. With that said, they don't treat her like someone that needs to be supported. They treat her like a commodity. Yeah. Yeah. So am I surprised by her current situation? Well, here's the thing. You've got exploitative parents that see this kid as a meal ticket. She hits the rise of fame and the media does what the media is really good for. They rip down the tall poppies. It wasn't that long ago that Princess Diana was killed yeah. in a car accident chased by these same sorts of media outlets. And then they delight in her pain. Yeah, yeah. Nothing says headline like Britney Spears, right? You don't know who she is. You didn't follow her career. <laughs> You've got a tangential relationship with one or two songs. Yeah, yeah. But you've seen the headlines. Absolutely, absolutely. It really strikes me as a perfect storm in some ways for this kind of issue. And maybe that's why it has been uh, stuck around so much, clung to Britney Spears so much. Because as you say, Fred, it's this uh, money-making machine. It's a media machine. It also feels like there's a, an element of like patriarchy in this. I'd be yep. very curious to see if there's any similar situations with male artists or anything like that. I suspect there might not be. Um, quite a paternalistic, patriarchal sense of I might control my daughter because she could never look after herself of course not and I, I think that that all these elements come together to make it a particularly egregious situation that Brittany seems to have found herself in yeah I wonder 
if the money wasn't there, mm, yeah, how desperate people would be to have this individual under their control. Yeah, yeah. Bearing in mind that we've seen examples of celebrities that have had mental health issues that were never contained this way. Mm, yeah. There have been other conservative ships. There have been male artists that were recommended. The famous one, I think, is out of the Beach Boys or the Mamas and the Papas. I'm really sorry. I don't know which one it is. And they went to put that person into a conservatorship because of suspected diagnosis of schizophrenia and they couldn't prove it and therefore couldn't do it. Yeah, yeah. So there's this burden of proof that realistically, as you said, they picked a moment of crisis and maybe at, for the right reasons at the right time to, to preserve safety and health, an involuntary hold on this person was used. But to your point, I'd really like to know whether or not during this period, as much time and energy and effort has gone into treatment and remedy for Brittany has, as has gone into her doing a Vegas show and having to do music. I'm of the belief, I understand, and I think she said it publicly, she doesn't want to do the career stuff anymore. Mm. But the conservatorship puts her in a position where she's contractually obligated. So you can imagine, I want to retire. I don't want to be this person that does this podcast mm. anymore. <laughs> yeah. But you've got a legal leash around my neck that says, yeah. I don't care. Yeah. You're doing it. What I read was that she is not legally a person herself. She like yeah. her contractual obligations as a person do not exist in the same way they exist for you and That's I. Right. It seems like a an extreme reach into someone's freedom. I think that really culminated my understanding of just how serious this is. Yeah. I know you study your philosophy mm, and I know you enjoy it. Just think about that statement. In the legal context, you are not a person. Yeah. Yeah. And for 13 years or however long it's been going yeah. for it, that's what really gets to me, I think, because as you say, there might be scenarios where in certain contexts this might be necessary. But for 13 years to legally not be a person, and I think that that's where a lot of this surprise or concern or outrage really comes from because that is very significant. So by way of remedy, I've no idea. But I can tell you this. We're lucky enough that in this part of the world, there are independent, non-vested interests that can look at people's situation in a very objective way that talks about liberty and freedom, okay? I believe that people like Britney Spears will never get a fair hearing because there are so much money at stake. Mm, yeah. And, and I'm reminded of a real tragedy in my lifetime, which was the passing of Amy Winehouse under very similar circumstances. Right. Where she was allegedly driven by a parent to a point where she was in such bad repair that she lost her life. Mm, mm. And people would say, hey, maybe that was an argument for a conservatorship. But you've got to remember the same people that are driving this outcome are the same people controlling the conservatorship. So at a minimum, I'd like to think that I don't know about Free Britney. I don't know if she needs the support or what support she needs. I do believe that if there was an independent body that could focus on treatment first, quality of life, goal attainment, a good relationship with her kids, a fair and sustainable relationship with her estate so that she doesn't have to worry about money for the rest of her life, mm. cutting off some of the people that are living off her 
and allowing her to stand as an individual with individual needs and requirements that benefit her and her children, mm -hmm. you may get a little bit of objectivity into it. Do I think I'll see that? I think this is a really interesting scenario of how media and popular opinion yeah. may force the hand of the law. Do you think this whole free Britney movement's had an influence, Matt? I think it's really brought the issue back into focus because I had no real sense of Britney Spears' situation whatsoever. And I'm sure that there are more um, fervent fans than me, but really it's it's faded out of the limelight. So I think to have it brought back again is a really big deal. And I think it uh, seems to coincide with more social efforts toward freedom and you know um, equality and that kind of thing. And so I do wonder if it will at least have another go at it, perhaps. Perhaps the outcome won't be what Britney Spears wants to see, but I think it will definitely facilitate another outcome. It was interesting, Fred, that you noted right at the start that she only had a public defendant at the uh, initial um, conservatorship. For 13 uh, years. For yeah. 13 years she had that public defender. Yeah. I believe that her legal team has now been allowed to be expanded, I believe, is something that was ruled. She's allowed place. a lawyer of choice now. This current movement mm. has allowed her to secure the services of a lawyer that she wanted. There's an irony to that, though. In fighting that, her father spent over a million dollars of her money yeah, yeah. fighting her capacity to engage her own lawyer. Yeah, because he was concerned that the lawyer would be too expensive. Indeed, there's a real paradox there, isn't there, Fred? Yes. Yeah. And so I think that even if all this public discussion does is bring it back into the limelight and hopefully allow for more um, interrogation into the issue, perhaps that's all Brittany needs. Because if, if the question is, can Brittany prove that she no longer needs the conservatorship? Well, that's such a subjective measure that it really requires um, representation and impartiality, which are two things you've spoken about in Australia, I think. And so maybe the public discussion could facilitate some of that happening in the Britney Spears case. Because my question to you, I think, Fred, is like, could she prove it? Is there any objective measure for these things? To me, it feels like there isn't. And so it must be based upon like a convincing representation toward people who don't have an agenda. But do you have other thoughts on that? I certainly believe that the right health professionals working with Brittany could put in place a recovery plan right. and measures or early warning systems to ensure that she is well and whole. I don't believe if she's had a mental health issue, we all know this perception of recovery in mental health is not cure. Yeah. Okay. You don't just automatically be cured of depression. It just it disappears. Yeah, yeah. These are states of being. But I certainly believe that with the right support, the right treatment, if she's requiring treatment, and that's where it starts. It starts with functional capacity. Does she need treatment? If so, what treatment does she need? Yeah. If so, is she adhering to treatment? If she is adhering to treatment, what is her functional capacity? Well, based on that functional capacity, here are the liberties that are opened up to her. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think you've always got to work backwards from the fact that mental health does not abdicate responsibility. Right. I have seen people prolifically unwell with mental health that can still pay a phone bill. Okay, mm -hmm. But there are certainly subsets of our community that need assistance from time to time when their condition is unconstrained. But as you've said, I've never seen anybody with an unconstrained condition for 13 years 
that required them to be treated like a thing rather than a person. So my hope is that it's about treatment and about objective evidence. Can Brittany prove that she is sane? Well, I think that that's not really the question we should be asking. The question is, in what aspects of life has the treatment worked? Is it the right treatment? Where is Brittany's functional capacity? I've got to tell you, Matt, if you can do two hours on stage, lip syncing and dancing then you can probably buy your own groceries, right? The way it feels at the very least, isn't it, Fred? Yeah. I think we'd find that given a pathway out of this conservative ship, you might find that Brittany becomes healthier if there was light at the end of the tunnel, if she's unhealthy now. And again, there's so many unknown knowns. All we're talking about is an opinion. We're not speculating on her mental health. We're saying, hypothetically, this is the way it could look. And look, I think the reason it captivates people's attention is that it could be any of us. Yeah, exactly. On any day, except we'll never be worth the money that she's worth and we'll never have the talent the way that she has the talent. And the the really sad thing is that if she was allowed to pursue her talent in a way that was more authentic for her, perhaps she wouldn't be in this position. Yeah, yeah. Well, on that fantastic note, We've done a deep dive at the request of a listener into the free Britney movement. Yeah. It's a little lighter than the free Tibet movement. <laughs> yeah, but still still kind of heavy, Fred. Good Lord. <laughs> well, you know, we've gone from pop culture to geopolitical all-in-one statement there, and I want to thank our listeners for, for coming on this wild ride with us. I very much got whiplash there, Fred. Thank you for that. No, look, we, if we're going to tail in these things, we're going to do it in a way that keeps people wondering what might come next. <laughs> uh, guys, I want to shout out to all of you for listening, the great comments and feedback that we're getting. You'll see an email posted in our comment section on this episode. Send in your suggestions. What do you want to hear Matt and I talk about? And uh, that's it from us this week for If I Only Knew. Thank you very much for listening, guys. I hope you learned something new for that one. It was definitely an interesting one. Cheers. Thank you for listening. This podcast is a Better Pod Group production with special thanks to our researcher, Nicola Binks, executive producer, Matt Blanche, the providers of our theme song with credits that are in our bio, and of course, you, the listener. It's important to remember that this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Whilst there are therapeutic themes discussed, in no way is this podcast considered treatment, and in the event you're in a psychological emergency, please reach out in whatever way you can through 000 or Lifeline 13 11 14. It's important to remember that the discussion is for entertainment purposes, and the opinions voiced by podcast hosts are theirs and theirs alone. Any reference to copyright or copywritten material is, of course, the copyright of the copyright owner and or relevant corporate entities. Thank you for listening to Bed Pod Group Productions and tune in to some of our other excellent pod productions on this network.